0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastemis, joined by Jeffrey Flanagan, talking about those fighting world champion Kansas City Royals and uh, made yet another move this past week, Jeffrey. Uh, that payroll keeps inching up. Uh, yeah. Ian Kennedy now aboard five years, $70 million, and he has an opt out after two years. Uh, which is all the rage these days—the uh, the old two-year opt-out—but that that actually fits in well with the whole Royals uh, uh, this, this window really with with this group. And uh, just your thoughts in general. I mean, we knew that the Royals were seeking rotation help. It wasn't quite as certain they'd do something at this level. Uh, what were your thoughts on this on this move? Yeah, just a little surprised at at how they they keep finding more and more money uh, when they were we were told basically after the season ended that their payroll wouldn't go much significantly above. Uh, last year's opening day payroll, which was about a hundred and fourteen million and you yeah, know, I've been doing the math all weekend and you know, we don't know the final uh first final stats on, on Ian Kennedy's contract. I'm guessing it's somewhat back loaded, but still, uh if you add it all up in the arbitration cases, they're gonna be over a hundred and thirty million right now, uh, most likely and, and that's a bit of a shocker to me. I, I, I thought they would probably stick in the one twenties. And I've been told too they're not even done yet. Um they might still have four or five million left at, Possibly go out and get a cost-efficient starter, or or possibly a cost-efficient starting right fielder. Um, so they're they're still uh, in the game here, and uh, that's kind of been their mo last couple of years. Is they don't quit until opening day. They they make signings in, in February. They make signings during spring training in March. And um, but the Yankees, yeah, the the level of 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 how they committed to him financially is a bit of a surprise, but. You know, he's a guy that you know they'll probably find a way to slot him in at, at the number two at the number three spot in the rotation. He's a fly ball pitcher, I think, over his career. And see that forty percent fly ball. It's a big ballpark. You got maybe the speediest and best outfield in baseball, so it it uh, makes sense. And uh, I've been told he really wanted to pitch in front of that defense. Yeah, he had, a, he had an abysmal outfield defense, uh, and and people talk about. Petco factor, and he didn't pitch very well despite uh, having Petco Park in his favor. But he did have a, 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 a just a terrible alignment behind him defensively. So uh, he'll certainly stand to improve from that. But you know, this is a guy that, if there was any guy on that list uh, of people who took the qualifier, excuse me, who rejected the qualifying offer and thus were tied to a draft pick, uh, if you had to pick one guy who you would think would be adversely affected by that, be Ian Kennedy. Uh, because again, he's coming off a, a, a bad year on a bad team in a, in a pitcher's ballpark. Uh, lo and behold, he gets five years and 70 million, which just goes to show, uh, you know, the value of, of free agent pitching in this marketplace, even even for a guy coming off of a, a tough year. Yeah, and even the the surprising part too is the Royals are willing to give up their you know first round pick, which yeah. is 24 overall, and and they're a team that's built on you know drafting and developing in the minor leagues, and uh, I guess that was a little bit of a surprise too. But, you know, they there'll be, whatever, 30, 35 more draft picks after the first round. So they're just they're confident that, that they'll find a, enough guys to restock their minor leagues. Um, and, you know, he's they're committed to this year and next year for sure. You mentioned the window, and there could potentially be a lot of free agents leaving after 2017. Um, so, you know, the back-to-back pennants, you know, World Series last year, the core is, is basically all coming back next year and the year after. Um, you know, they're set up now, really, to make another strong run for the World Series this year and next. And uh, another move to go with that two-year window, the Lorenzo Cain, you can call it an extension, I guess, which basically locks him up uh, through his arbitration year, so that two-year deal. Yeah, just kind of a, <clears throat> a good faith deal uh, that they did with Hosmer last year, too. They gave him a two-year deal just to – avoid the aggravation of, of arbitration hearings and they've never gone to an arbitration hearing with Dayton but uh... they came real close a couple times last year and and it, it you know Dayton takes care of his players he just, just didn't want that you know that headache uh... over Lorenzo's head the next two years they didn't buy out any free agent years or anything like that and you know I've I've been told that Lorenzo was hoping obviously for a longer term deal but they've already committed to Alice Gordon who's in his thirties uh... Lorenzo Kane will be in his thirties uh... very soon and uh, they just couldn't really tie up two guys that long, but uh, you know, a, a really good deal for both sides. And that Lorenzo Cain deal, he gets, you know, six point five this year, eleven million next year. Uh, he'll be set up uh, in the Royals. Uh, you know, have you know good faith with him uh, going into two thousand eighteen if, if they you know decide then to re-sign him to a longer-term deal. Uh, one more thing on Kennedy that we didn't mention. Uh, you know, his numbers against AL teams his career are, are somewhat suspect, but he does, of course, have past American League experience and past experience with Dave Island, the pitching coach, yeah. uh, from his Yankee days, so is that relationship uh, an important one in, in this deal? Yeah, it's been quite a while, but, you know, they were together for a couple of years in New York, uh, just like he was together for a couple of years with Wang, um, so and that's another you know minor league deal that they signed along with Bill and G, so they're, they're trying to get as many um, you know potential starting pitching candidates that they can. Dayton likes to go into every year with eight, uh at the minimum and he's probably got eight now. Um and I, I'm told they might go out and get someone else too and bump it to nine. So uh but yeah that relationship uh, should help and you know everybody I talked to in the Royals organization the last few years uh <clears throat> you know speaks so highly of Dave Island and, and what he does with uh, with incoming pitchers, you know, what he did with Volquez last year, what he did with Chris Young last year. Um the guys on the team respect him. You listen to him. They're motivated by him. You know, he'll, he suggests mechanical changes that they make. And, um, you know, their, their pitching staff has always been solid. It's it's just going to continue to be solid when he's with him at the pitching coach. Yeah. It's a, it's a separator. Uh, when, when you have guys hungry to, to please you and, and, and willing to listen to you. And, Mm -hmm. um, he's been a difference maker on that staff for sure. Uh, so we were going to do a, a getting-to-know-you uh, theme with this podcast, and, of course, the, the Royals went out and made yet another splash. But uh, uh, let's talk about Joaquin Soria just briefly here. Uh, rejoins this bullpen. And, and for me, Jeffrey, it's a nice story because this guy for a while there was uh, uh, you know, the, the classic great closer on a bad team, and now he comes to the situation where it's a very, very, very good team and uh, he's kind of rebuilt his value, uh, you know, since post surgery, and uh, had some success after the surgery. So uh, a nice reunion here. Yeah, it really is. I mean, they're the they're the team that you know basically discovered him in the Rule Five draft and turned him into a, you know an All Star closer. And um, and there was some talk, you know, during the winter meetings when they signed him that you know he's he's got this clause in his contract for games started. I think we can pretty much rule that out now. <laughs> with all the starters they got, uh, but he's basically going to replace Greg Holland, which is a big loss, and their all-star closer who, who will miss all next season with Tommy John surgery, and it's really a nice fill-in there. Uh, he's a guy who who can be an eighth-inning guy, seventh-inning guy, and certainly can fill-in for Wade Davis. Uh, there were a couple times last year where Wade Davis had to take a you know week off, or or if he gets you know extended out three or four straight games, you've got you know an all-star closer to back him up. So once again, the Royals have. A shutdown bullpen, which is, you know, the ray of all baseball. Now all teams are trying to do that, and the Royals just—they kind of started it a few years ago, and they've continued to do it. Uh, you know, turn these games into five or six-inning games, and you know, it's one of the reasons why they've won back-to-back pennants and a World Series title. Yeah, absolutely. It is their signature strength, and and now they've got uh, rotation depth to go with that, and maybe more coming. Uh, as as Jeffrey said, could be uh, a few more million bucks. To play with. Why not at this point? Uh, Royals certainly in in a new territory uh, when it comes to prestige and payroll. So great to see that in Kansas City. And uh, great to have Jeffrey Flanagan on with us again to talk about all things Royals. Thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition.